Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. After a winless third quarter of the season and our third home loss in four games, our beloved head out on the road to Cincinnati to take on the battle-tested and hard-hearted Cincinnati Bengals. Will the losing streak stop at five, or will it continue to snowball? All of this and so much more on the Week 14 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Well, it's uh, better late than never. Um, <laughs> it has been a strange week for me. Um, nothing strange going on. Just uh, been a strange week to where like no day has felt like the day it actually was. And uh, yesterday being a perfect example of not feeling at all like it was Thursday and I'm supposed to be doing the show. And I woke up and it was Friday morning. And I'm like, oh, hell, I forgot to do the show last night. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back the Week 14 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. And to make matters worse, uh, I ended up spending, uh, <laughs> calling a buddy of mine on the phone uh, on my way home from work. And what I thought might be, you know, 20 minutes, maybe 30, while I'm finishing my commute back to the house, ended up being a damn near five-hour <laughs> phone conversation uh, with my buddy tonight, man. We were catching up. We had a lot of stuff to catch up on, and uh, we took the advantage of catching up on all of it, uh, not to mention that we were uh, on the phone watching the um, 1AA playoff game together on ESPN2, uh, outstanding game between uh, Weber State and um, James Madison. And Madison's the defending national champion. They're the ones that, that took down North Dakota State last year. Uh, these guys won like 24 games in a row coming into this one, and Weber State had them on the ropes in the fourth quarter, um, and they ended up uh, pulling it out. Uh, literally with no time left, the kid kicked a 46-yard field goal with, with no time left to win it 31-28. to 28. And, uh, yeah, that was in the midst of a conversation about how uh, college football can fix the playoff system because Alabama's in the playoff and they shouldn't be and Ohio State should. And you can also make a case for USC because they won their conference and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you get that stuff going. The next thing you know, it's uh, it's after 10 o'clock. You haven't had dinner yet and you're still talking to your buddy on the phone. So, I mean, we were we were gabbing like a couple of women out there on the phone. We were on talking about, like I said, we hadn't talked to the phone on the while. It's been a while since we, uh, you know, really had a chance to talk and uh it was good catching up uh, with him. So here I am. It is uh, after 11 o'clock on Friday night, and I'm finally recording the Week 14 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. For all of you who uh, follow me on Twitter and saw on Facebook, um, I got in touch with Kyle Phelps last week. He said he would be available 
uh, this week and then my attempts to try to get in touch with him this week to lock down a time um, were uh, fruitless. I uh, wasn't able to get in touch with him and uh, waited a little too long to try to look for a backup and um, came up short there uh, as well. So uh, my apologies. Uh, so no guest this week. It breaks our streak. We've had a guest uh, yeah, pretty much every week since 2015, but uh, I apologize. It's just me. You're going to have to make do. So um, anyway, it's uh, I have... It's an intriguing game that's coming up on Sunday, and and just for, and let me tell you why. It's because of Monday night, the Bengals played the Steelers on Monday night football. Uh, the Steelers ended up winning the football game. The Bengals had a big lead at one point. I think they were up as much as seventeen to nothing at one point. Ended up losing the game twenty three to uh, twenty. Um, and uh, watching that game, especially watching like the last five or six minutes of the fourth quarter. Um, I, I had two thoughts, uh, pretty much simultaneously. The first one was, um, if they play with this kind of intensity on Sunday, they being the Bengals, they're going to kill the bears on Sunday. And then the other thought I had almost immediately was they have to play the bears on Sunday on a short week after this game with their most hated rival in the Pittsburgh Steelers. We might kill them on Sunday. So, you know, when, when you hit rock bottom, like the bears did on Sunday against the 49ers, there's nowhere to go, but up. I mean, we could definitely lose the game on Sunday and it could be ugly all at the same time. But you know, when you become the first team in NFL history, and I believe I'm reciting this correctly, they scored a special teams touchdown. They did not allow a touchdown on defense and won the turnover battle and still lost the game. That's the first time that has ever happened. The Bears are the first team to hit that trifecta and lose. So usually, if you score points on special teams, don't allow any touchdowns, and you win over the turnover battle, that's like one, two, and three in the keys to winning football games. You know, it's like if if you can't put out a list of, you know, list of things to do in order to guarantee victory, those would be three things on that list. Score on special teams, don't allow a touchdown, win the turnover battle. Boom. That's A, B, and C right there. And the Bears managed to pull it off being the first team not to do it. So um, pat yourselves on the back there, Bear fans. You support a football team that is constantly making history before your very eyes in ways that will disturb you and keep you up at night. So enjoy that uh, very much. So, um, you know, it, it's it's been... Uh, <laughs> and I seem to keep saying this every single week. Uh, when you read the tweets from the press conferences, I've never watched one. I've never gone back and, and watched a... Uh, a press conference or anything like that just because I don't think my computer would survive my fist going through it. But um, my favorite tweet of the week was from our good friend Jeff Dickerson. Uh, and I shared it with you guys on Facebook and Twitter um, that uh, <laughs> Doe Loggins is, quote, searching for a role for Marcus Wheaton. And... Um, you know, my retort to that was how about wide receiver, you know, because it's not like we've got awesome wide receivers or that we have a ton of good receivers on the team right now. 
how about we play Marcus Wheaton at wide receiver? So, I mean, I know that he's only been targeted 12 times and has a grand total of one catch, which means he is making $6 million a catch this season because that's how much he's making guaranteed from the Bears in 2017. $6 million of the $11 million contract he signed with the Bears he's getting this year. And, um, you know, he's got one catch on 12 targets. Now, some of those targets were out of his reach. I don't think, you know, I don't know if he's dropped very many of them. But when your catch percentage is 8%, it's... uh, Not good. Uh, Somebody brought that up. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. When uh, it was either Facebook or Twitter, one of the two, he's got an 8% catch uh, ratio, um, you know, granted. But when you're playing, when you're, when you're, when you have, when, when you're a wide receiver on a football team, number one, that gave you uh, an $11 million contract and you are averaging fewer plays than you have fingers then it's not really all your fault I mean granted Marcus Wheaton has this has been a snake bit season for him period the appendectomy followed by breaking his finger then he had the the groin injury and everything and uh in between when he has been out on the field if he's on the field which is not his fault um then you know it's we're not getting him the football when the football does come his direction throws haven't been the greatest and everything else so um you know why don't we just put him out there and see what happens um you know let's at at this point in the season what does it matter why are we trying to find someone rolls with four games left in a three and nine season just put him out there just put him out there. Call the play. Have him run the route. If he's open, throw him the ball. Period. That's what. What's to think about at this point? We're not trying to make the playoffs anymore. We were officially eliminated last week. So what difference does it make? The season is officially over. We are officially just playing out the string now. Put him out there. Call the play. Have him run the route. If he's open, throw him the ball. If he's not, don't throw him the ball. Period. I mean... What 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 role does he need to fill here? You know, it it just doesn't make any sense. It, and and the th- when they say these things, they being Fox and and Loggins, you know, they just keep saying these things that just make you want to hurt yourself. You know, because you just you want to bang your head up against the wall. You want to punch something. You want to dr- oh God, it just pisses me off so much. To see, you know, they come and they say these things out loud. You know, in front of the press, and and it just 
It just does not compute, man. I just don't get what it is the Bears are trying to do. I don't understand. You know, it, it, we, we, we've got this young football team, a team that is in, especially with the draft class we had this year. You know, Trubisky, who had all of 13 starts before he came in. Adam Shaheen, who was a Division II player. Man amongst boys, but lower level competition for sure. Tariq Cohen, a 1AA guy, but again, a lower level of competition uh, as well. Eddie Jackson hadn't played much in the last couple of years because he's been injured. Okay, and it's just, um, you know, it's it's. Eddie Jackson's the only one that's been out on the field every single game. And Tariq Cohen is the, you know, needs to be out there more. Uh, Adam Shaheen. And it's all mismanagement. It's not like these guys are doing something that's causing them not to be out on the field. Uh, When they asked uh, Loggins about Adam Shaheen, it was about, well, we're just trying to, you know, give him more of the playbook to digest. It's like, dude, let's be real about this. Okay. The playbook that the Bears are going to be running in 2018 will not be yours, okay? So just put him out there. Tell him to run a route. If he's open, throw him the ball. If he's not, don't, okay? Otherwise, what are we worried? What are we trying to get him to absorb at this point in the season, okay? Just, we're three and nine. You guys are out the door you have to know that by now okay john fox just finished a winless november okay did not win a game in november lost every game in the third quarter of the season went zero and four okay we got four games left we got the Bengals, the lions the browns the vikings that's it it's over okay we 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 enter what was easily supposed to be our easiest stretch the last eight games of this season and uh we're winless thus far in we should have won the first two games for sure um well hell we should have won we should have we should we have should have just finished a three and one third quarter but instead we're oh and four <laughs> and we have sealed john fox's fate they have to know they're done they have to know okay because number one, we're not winning. And number two, we are not seeing the kind of progress from our young players that we need to be seeing this at this point because he refuses to put them out there. You keep hearing John Fox telling you, like the two-minute drill. Benny Cunningham is the running back that's on the field for the two-minute drill because he's got more experience. He's a veteran guy. He's been out there. He's been around the block a few more times, so he's the one that we want out there in those situations. Well, how are Cohen or Jordan, for that matter, um, or Jordan Howard and, and, and Tariq Cohen, how are they supposed to get that experience if they're on the sidelines watching? When Benny Cunningham, who signed a one-year deal and will most likely not be on the team next year, is taking these valuable reps away from these guys. In these last four games, it should be all about developing Shaheen, all about getting Tariq Cohen more involved in the offense, all about getting, uh, you know, opening up as much as you can uh, for Trubisky, period. That should be the focus over the next four weeks. Because Eddie, Eddie Jackson, he earned his spot on the defense. He's been getting all the reps he can handle. You know what I mean? especially with the way our offense has been playing. He got 78 reps last week against San Francisco. So, 
you know, he's not hurting for experience in his rookie season. That's for damn sure. But Cohen, Shaheen, um, you know, these guys have been ghosted uh, in the last couple of weeks. I mean, we were we see what happens when when Cohen played majority of the offensive snaps against the Lions. He was a big contributor in that game and a game that we should have won and almost did. Tariq Cohen, big factor. Two weeks ago against the Eagles, no. And then last week against the 49ers, he had the play of the game with the punt return, okay? Had another great kickoff return, had a, had a catch that uh, helped the Bears move the chains. But that was about it. You know, he was only on the field, I think, for 13 plays uh, on Sunday against the 49ers. It's unacceptable. Unacceptable. So, um, you know, and Adam Shaheen, I think, was only on the field for nine plays? Eight plays, nine plays, something like that. I mean, just not nearly enough. Uh, I mean, and this is <laughs> this is after uh, Doe Loggins told the the, the media that um, you know uh, the return of Deion Sims after this mysterious illness that John Fox would not talk about. Um, that when Deion Sims returned, it would not um, you know take away from the reps that Adam Shaheen uh, was running. Well, that was a lie because it certainly has. He went from having like 40-something reps against the Lions to having a quarter of that against the Eagles and even fewer than that against the 49ers. So, you know, and then when, when they ask why Shaheen wasn't out there, they start talking about the playbook and, and what uh, what we're trying to, you know, teach him and or have him learn more of the playbook and all this. What are you talking about? Why wasn't he out there? Don't give me this crap about him not knowing. He was out there for 46 plays against the Lions three weeks ago. He knew enough of the plays to be out there for 75% of the snaps against the Lions, and now he doesn't know enough of the offense to play against the 49ers? Come on. What are we doing? But then again, you know, you think back to it, and even though it's gloriously out of context, John Fox has confessed to us all, we don't know what we're doing. So there you go. So anyway, we got the Bengals on Sunday, and as I said a few moments ago, they just got done with a war against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it was a dirty war. There were injuries left and right. Ryan Shazier may never play football again. The spinal injury that he suffered uh, on Monday night, he had surgery to stabilize his spine uh, today, I think. Um, he was a first-round pick for them, I believe, out of Ohio State. And uh, I didn't see the injury. All I know is it was bad enough he had to be carted off in an ambulance. He's been... In the he was in Cincinnati uh, up until yesterday when they finally transported him back to Pittsburgh. And while the Steelers organization is trying to keep a positive spin on it, um, he had spinal surgery today. That can't be good. So um, you know there were tons of penalties and and uh, you know you can throw out the rule book when those two teams get together. And I'm wondering. Will this game have any residual effect on the Bengals, and what kind of effect will that be? Because like I mentioned before, when I was watching the game, those two thoughts that I had, um, you know, if they play with this kind of intensity that, uh, um, that they played with the Steelers, then they will manhandle the Bears. Because if there's one thing that we haven't been in a while, as intense. And they may just, you know... They may just be meaner than us on Sunday and, and take it out on us. Um, or will they uh, 
Will they, uh, you know, because they have one less day to prepare, will they be banged up enough that it, uh, you know, that it works in our favor, that we're the ones that are actually going to be the ones to, to take them to the, uh, to the woodshed and, 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 and what have you. I mean, this is the Bengals, after all. Um, a, a grossly, a, a team that is well known for playing up to or down to its, its competition. That's why they always kind of choke their way, like they play well enough in, in the regular season and then choke in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the postseason, in the playoffs. You know, Marvin Lewis has been the coach there for way too long, if you ask me. But he's been the coach there uh, long enough to be 0-7 in the playoffs. All of them wild card rounds, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think they've made it to a divisional round yet. Uh, or, or, you know, they haven't had a bye week so they could be the second seed or anything like that. So they're 0-7 in all wild card games, some of which they were heavily favored to win, and they lost them all. Um, you know, so this is a team that that never lives up to its expectations or, or never rises up to the occasion. And uh, I'm hoping that Sunday will be the case uh, as well. I mean, the, the other thing is we, we, the Bears got to get their mean on, man. They, they got to they, – they, they lost five in a row. You know, we lost that game, a tough one to the Saints to close out the first half of the year. We come back and then we 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 choke against the Packers. We we do it all over again a week later against Detroit. We get embarrassed out in Philadelphia. And then this past Sunday, we get embarrassed even worse when one of our former players beats us basically by himself. And then to mention the the A, B and C of uh, how to win a football game, Still doesn't matter when it comes to the Bears because they did all three of those things and they still lost, um, becoming one of the the first team in history to do that. So that's awesome. And, you know, against Jimmy Garoppolo and, and the way that he picked us apart in the middle of the field and Fangio couldn't quite figure out how to scheme it to make Garoppolo throw the football somewhere else. Um, so over and over, getting first downs in the middle of the field, regardless of down distance uh, and everything else. Um we got to figure out a way to, to, to bounce back, man. We got to win at least one of these last four games, something. We cannot go out like this. We cannot go out on the season on a nine-game losing streak or a six-game, seven, whatever it is. You know, So, yeah, it would be nine games because we lost the eighth game and we're in danger of losing the eighth we had left to play. So that would be nine. So we were three and yeah, three and four, and lose nine in a row. That would be three and thirteen again. So, um, you know, it's uh, I had more fun watching a one double A playoff game tonight than I've had watching the Bears play all season. You know, even even in our most dominant win of the year against the Carolina Panthers, um we had to suffer through the offense only being on the field for half as many plays as the Panthers Trubisky only throwing seven passes in that game. The offense only being good enough to generate a field goal. And if it wasn't for the heroics of Eddie Jackson and the defense, who knows how that game turns out, you know, I mean, you guys have heard me say it a thousand times already this year, but all three of our wins have this. Yeah. But attached to them and you know we won those games and that was fun but was watching the game fun watching the bears play well enough to to win easily but at the same time 
being unable to get out of their own way to the point where you know our opponent is in this thing right up until the very end in the especially in the case of the Steelers and the and the Ravens both of those teams took us to overtime and that should not have happened should not have happened both of those games should have ended in regulation easily but they didn't you know we could very easily very easily be 1 and 11 right now very easily you know we could have easily lost those games to the Ravens and the Steelers so the only game that we won outright was the Carolina game. That game was pretty much never in doubt. It was just the nail-biting situation because of the way our offense played and the fact that Carolina was on the field the like 90% of the football game. We just figured that eventually the defense is going to tire out and make a mistake and give up a play. Thankfully, that didn't happen. But that's the only game that we won outright. The other game, The other two games... You know, we're another mistake away from being one and eleven right now. So, I mean, it's it's um it's it's difficult. You know, like I said, I had more fun watching a game between two teams I could care less about than I have watching these twelve games from a team that I've loved my entire life. And that makes me sad. It really does. Uh, it makes me sad that, you know, I'm going to watch on Sunday because the Bears are my team, but am I looking forward to it? No. No, not really. No, I'm not. I'm not really looking forward to it because of the team that we've seen take the field the last four weeks since the bye week. They mean, it, it was, uh, you know, we only lost by a couple against the the, the Packers. We lost by a, a field goal to the uh to the Lions we were embarrassed in Philadelphia but we knew that was going to happen going in or that that was definitely possible going in and then last week against the 49ers you know it's embarrassing what we've done in this third quarter of the season and thankfully it is over so we can move on to this fourth and final chapter of the season and these three games that we have ahead of us Cincinnati Detroit Cleveland winnable every last one of them can we win on sunday you're goddamn right we can we absolutely can if we play like the team that beat carolina if we play like the team that beat uh, baltimore yes we can win this game on sunday will we win the game probably not you know the Bengals are good enough to beat us and we're definitely not favored at all to win this game. Oh, that's something else. Um, speaking of uh, random stats, uh, somebody tweeted out there that uh, John Fox um, has been favored to, as, as a Bears head coach, he's been favored to win seven times, uh, you know, or favor, you know, that against the spread. He's been favored to win seven times and he has lost outright all seven times, which means that he's lost the game. Not that the Bears didn't cover the spread, that they flat out lost all seven of those games. So anytime that John Fox has been favored equals loss for the Bears. So, you know. And then I mentioned in the in the review show on Monday that um, John Fox is now officially the losingest head coach in Chicago Bear history. And the list of people that he's surrounded by, not a list you want to be on. You don't want to be below Abe Gibran in winning percentage in the history of the Chicago Bears. And it's embarrassing 
that the that he still hasn't won as many games as the guy that he replaced. The guy that he replaced only coached us for two seasons. He's about to finish his third, and he's still trying to. His next win will tie Mark Tressman's win total. Tressman was thirteen and fifteen as head coach of the Bears. Thirteen and fifteen, or was it? No, it was worse than that. Thirteen and fifteen. That's only twenty-eight. Thirteen and nineteen as head coach. Excuse me. That's thirty-two games. Thirteen and nineteen. Okay. John Fox is. Uh, let's see. It should be. 48 games would be three seasons, so he's won 12. 12 and 32? That's 44. Yeah, 12 and 32 at this point for like a 40... Like uh, it's I forget what the math is, but uh, yeah, it's it's an ugly, ugly, ugly percentage, and it's worse than Abe Gibran did when he was head coach of the Bears, and this was like in those super lean... 70s when Abe Gibran was coach. It was a bad time to be a Bear fan. And uh, yeah, he uh, he specialized in losses and John Fox has lost more than him. So anyway, um, I, honestly, I don't really know much about the Bengals. That's why I bring the guests on the show because they're the ones that watch those teams. So I don't really have much to wax poetic on when it comes to the Bengals. Uh, Andy Dalton is still their quarterback. Marvin Lewis is still their head coach. Vontez Perfect is uh, is a tough guy on the on the defense when he's not spearing guys with his helmet and getting unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. Um, you know, they've they've got some tools on the offense and they 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 should be better than they are. But um, you know, it's a down year for the uh, for the Bengals. I believe the loss on Monday put them at five and five and seven. Four and eight, something like that. I believe that's what uh, what it was. Let me see if I can pull it up here real quick. The uh, Cincinnati Bengals coming into this game, I believe they're five and seven. So let's see. NFL standings. There we go. Yes, they're five and seven. Um, they lost, and uh, if it wasn't for the Cleveland Browns, who are zero twelve, they would, uh, you know, they're not. You know they're not going to be in last place because they play same division with the Browns for Pete's sake. But um, you know they're uh, three and three at home, so it's not like they're better at home than they are on the road. But um, you know this is a team that's uh, like I said, constantly either they they have a reputation even in the seasons where they would win eleven games and you know where they had that run they won the division a couple of times. Um, they would always fall short in the in the playoffs because they do have this reputation for playing up or down uh, to their competition. And um, let me see if I can pull up their schedule here real quick and just take a look at the the Bengals and who they played. And all right, so here's their schedule. They started off zero and three. They lost twenty to nothing week one against Baltimore. And uh, lost week two on Thursday night. So they they played their first two games of the season inside four days. Um, but they lost 20 to nothing to Baltimore, 13 to nine to the Texans. That was famously Deshaun Watson's first start. Uh, they fired their offensive coordinator because in their first two games of the season, they hadn't scored a touchdown yet. Then they went to Green Bay week three and they lost a tight one, 27-24. Um, 
Then they beat the Browns. Surprise, surprise. They beat the Bills 20-16. to That was a home game. Then they went on the road at Pittsburgh and lost. They played the um, Bengals. Excuse me. They are the Bengals. They played the Colts and won 24-23. So they actually went on a spell there uh, like the Bears did where they won three out of four. And um, then they lost at Jacksonville. They lost at Tennessee. They beat Denver, which pretty much everybody has since week four. And uh, then they finished the sweep against Cleveland. And then last week, uh, this past Monday, they lost to the Steelers. So, I mean, their five wins, two were against Cleveland. Uh, one was against Denver, who hasn't won since week four. They started three and one, and they've, they've, uh, they've lost eight straight. They're three and nine like the Bears are right now. They beat the Colts, another three and nine team. Um, you know, and every team that's, that's decent aside from the, their best win this year was against the bills who are six and six. That's their best win. And it was at home, which, you know, basically doesn't, doesn't really count, but the, the bills were, uh, you know, the bills are six and six. That's their best win this year, 20 to 16, uh, over the bills. And otherwise, you know, they play this, they've been swept by the Steelers they got beat by Jacksonville and Tennessee and, um, you know, shut out by Baltimore. They got beat by Deshaun Jackson or Deshaun Watson, excuse me, on their on his, you know, his first start in the NFL. D- didn't score a touchdown for the first two weeks. So the Bengals are a mess. Um, they are a mess. Let's take a look here. Stats and see how Andy Dalton's doing so far this year. They are 24 points or 24th in points per game. Uh, defense is pretty good, 10 for points allowed, um, but their offense is, wow, 31st, 297 yards a game. So they maybe they're better. Than, I think maybe the Bears are worse than them. doesn't matter. Um, passing yards per game, they're 25th. Rushing yards, they're 30th. Time of possession, they're first. Figure that one out. Um, fifth in the NFL in sacks, so Mitch Trubisky has that to look forward to. And 22nd in interception, so at least they won't be stealing the ball from him. Statistically, Dalton's having a decent year. Um, 2,600 yards, 20 touchdowns, only eight interceptions. So Andy Dalton's not the problem this year. Um, Their rushing offense, yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, Joe Mixon, who was their second-round pick, leads the team with 518 yards. Jordan Howard has almost 1,000 by himself. Um, Their team, I don't think, if you added all this up, you get 1,000. Um, you know, we have to worry about AJ Green, 60 catches, 886 yards, eight touchdowns, uh, this year, Brandon LaFell, they got, uh, Joe Mixon is a threat out of the backfield. Um, you know, so they, they've got some options, uh, on defense, you know, Geno Atkins, he's going to be coming up the middle, which is what, which is why, um, losing Kyle Long is going to hurt because uh, Kyle Long is, uh, I mean, Geno Atkins is a defensive tackle, so he's coming from the interior. He's got seven sacks coming from the middle uh, of the defensive, of, yeah, coming from the middle of the defensive line. So uh, the other guy we need to worry about at five and a half sacks is Carlos Dunlap. He's a stud. Um, we got Michael Johnson uh, out there as well. Uh, Vontez Perfect has one and a half sacks. So... Yeah, I'm just kind of going through this. Oh, Lawson. There we go. Who is this? Carl Lawson is uh, leading the team with seven and a half sacks. So he's half a sack better 
than uh, Geno Atkins. So those are just some of the names to keep an eye on uh, for this uh, for this Sunday. So, you know, like I said, not 100% looking forward to this game uh, on Sunday because I don't know what to expect. And the last couple of times that I've said that, it's been disastrous uh, for us. Um, you know, we had we didn't really know what to expect last week from Garoppolo uh, in his first start with the 49ers. You know, everyone's got tape on Garoppolo and what he did with the Patriots, but he was doing that with Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels calling the plays and and the you know the schemes and the personnel that they have in New England being coached by the best coaching staff in the NFL. Um, as opposed to Kyle Shanahan, who runs a different offense with completely different personnel and uh, not the Patriots. And, you know, he was only out there for a couple of plays uh, the week before. So we had no tape on on what to expect from him in a 49er uniform. And um, they exploited that against us on Sunday because we did not look prepared for anything that the 49ers were going to do. And apparently we did not believe in second half adjustments because we just kept letting them do over and over again what they wanted to. So, um, you know, on Sunday, it, it's, it's, it's really nothing. It's really no big, nothing different that the bears have to do. You know, they, uh, did everything they needed to do to win last week, uh, except for play defense, um, between the twenties because the 49ers could not close the deal in the red zone. They had to kick five field goals to put their points on the board. Um, but they dominated time of possession. Obviously it was 39 minutes to 21, uh, in favor of, so they nearly double, double us up in time of possession. They ran twice as many plays as we did. So the bears offense, it really hinges on them. Okay. Because, the defense, as poor as it was for the majority of the game, held firm when it really mattered. They did not let the 49ers score touchdowns on us, which gave the offense the opportunity to take control of the game at any point. You know, But we blew our opportunity because we found a different way to lose the game, which was the, uh, the block in the back on Ben Broniker on that kickoff return from Tariq Cohen, which would have put us like where, even if we didn't gain a yard from where uh, Tariq Cohen was tackled on that kick return, we're already in field goal range. So even if we don't gain a yard, we're at least going to attempt uh, a field goal. But instead, because of the block in the back, we're first and 10 at the 14-yard line, our 14-yard line, having to go 86 yards to score a touchdown, as opposed to, you know, well, let's just run it up the middle with Jordan Howard a few times and see if we're in field goal range. Um, you know, it's, and it's funny that a team that averages 16 points a game, if we'd have scored 16 points on Sunday, we would have won. So take that for what you will. Um, Jordan Howard has to be more involved. We got to run the football more with him. I mean, didn't we learn last year that when we run the ball with Howard more than 20 times, we win the game every time he only ran the ball 13 times against the 49ers. He only ran the ball a handful of times against the uh, Eagles, um, you know, it, we have to be better than this. And um, at the same time, whatever game plan you thought you had for Cincinnati Dole Long is just throw it out. Throw it out, man. Just go out there, 
Put the put the best players on the field. Not the veteran guys, not the smartest guys. Put the best guys out there. If that means we got to put Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard on the field at the same time, let's find a way to do that. Okay, let's put Tariq Cohen in the slot or put let's really mix it up. Put Jordan Howard in the slot and have um, you know, Cohen in the backfield. How about we have that uh, that formation where Trubisky is in, you know, in shotgun and Tariq Cohen and uh, Jordan Howard are split behind him. Wouldn't that be something to give the defense to think about? You know, what are we going to do here? Because, uh, you know, Trubisky can actually run a bit. So maybe we're going to run this read option with these two running backs back there and, you know, really freeze somebody up. And then just when the defense is trying to figure out which one of those running backs has the football, boom, we go over the top with a pass to whoever it is that we have out there. Shaheen, Deion Sims, Daniel Brown, uh, Marcus Wheaton, for Christ's sake. I mean, there'd be an idea to throw a pass to a wide receiver uh, and, and what have you, or Josh Bellamy, or whatever the case may be. Let's mix it up a little bit. You know, stop being so goddamn predictable. They can see us coming no matter what we're doing. And and because we're so predictable, we're, we're not out there very long. We're keeping their defense fresh because they don't have to really put much effort into stopping us. And then their offense is going down there and running up and down the field like it's no problem. And this defense that's probably not good enough to stop us if we could just get some kind of offensive rhythm together is fresh as a daisy every single time we go out there because we can't put together a rhythm. You know, we're constantly having to start and stop, start and stop, start and stop, and we can't get anything going. And this is bad for Trubisky. You know, I read a, uh, um, I didn't read the article, but there was a headline asking if, um, if the losing that we're doing, we've lost five straight. How, how mentally damaging is this for the quarterback? This is a guy that's used to winning. You know, they went to a bowl game last year with uh, with North Carolina. You know, he's used to being on teams that win. And uh, granted, that probably wasn't going to be much. He wasn't probably going to expect much when the team that drafted him second overall only won three games last year. But when you come into a, a situation and, and the team plays as well as it did the first several weeks that he was a starter, and then for the second half of the year to go the way it has... And, you know, to be handcuffed by your defensive-minded head coach and what you can do on offense and what you don't. And it's just, I don't know what the hell they're protecting him from at this point. You know, let's throw the book at him and see what sticks. Let's see what happens. Like I said earlier, you have to know that you're done. You have to know that it's over for you. The season is done. What do you have to lose at this point? You know, Ryan, if Ryan Pace was going to fire you, he'd have done it already. He's going to let you finish out the year. So do whatever you can to get the most out of these kids. Give them the opportunity that they need and give our future head coach some tape on the players that he's going to inherit. Plain and simple. Let's just do that. And if we win some games down the line, that's great. Absolutely, that's wonderful. But uh, I don't think, aside from maybe the Cleveland game, we shouldn't expect to win to win for the rest of the year except for maybe the Cleveland game. If we lose that one, I'll travel to Soldier Field myself and shoot you dead in the street if you lose to Cleveland. And um, you'll deserve it. And it's Christmas Eve, so Merry Christmas. But, um, you know, let's just have some fun with these last four games. There's nothing else we can do. Let's play well. Let's play hard. Let's do that for a change. 
Let's play some inspired football. We got four weeks left. It's John Fox's farewell tour. Let's go out and do what we can these next four weeks and make it exciting. Let's let's do that. So, you know, you're getting paid to play the, the, the greatest game in the world and uh, for one of the greatest organizations on the planet, despite the people that own it. And, uh, you know, one of the most loyal, diehard fan bases that any NFL team has the privilege to play for. And um, you're wasting it. You are frustrating and alienating your fan base with this product you're putting out on the field. And it's it's getting really old, man. It's getting really old. One of the things that I talked about in this marathon conversation I had with my buddy was um, trying to argue against the fact that the Bears are the NFC Cleveland Browns. You know, can you argue that we're not at this point? We're going to finish in the in fourth place for at least the third year in a row. Because I can't remember if we were in last place or third place when we were five and eleven under Tressman in twenty fourteen. I just remember that we were five and eleven. I don't remember if that was good enough for last place, because if it was, then that's four years in a row in last place. So Yeah, we're uh we're two two losses away from a perfect schedule against the NFC North and by perfect I mean perfectly sad 0 and 6 year against the uh against our own division. Um, we've lost once each to Detroit and Minnesota, and we've been swept by Green Bay. God help me. And, um, you know, <laughs> the Bears were winless in November. I think for the second year in a row. Didn't we lose all of our games in November last year? Yeah, because the third and final game that we won last year was the first week in December against San Francisco. So we were winless in November for at least the second year in a row. No, we won in 2015 because we won on on Thanksgiving night against the uh, Packers. But for the second year in a row, we had a winless November. And, um, you know, we've gotten December off to the winless start. And we got four games left in this season. And um, I think 4-12 and is the best that we can hope for at this point with the way that we're playing. But as I said earlier... Every single game on the, on the, the even even the game against Minnesota because of the spot they're in right now. If the season ended today, number Minnesota is the number one seed in the NFC. They got the bye, so I mean, when it comes week seventeen, they may have nothing left to play for as far as uh, the season is concerned. They may already be locked in, you know. Even if they're even if they're not playing for the number one seed, maybe they're locked into the into the bye week. They're not going to put Case Keenum out there. They're not going to put uh, you know Adam Thielen out there. They're not going to risk losing these guys for the playoffs. The Bears might be able to steal that win in Minnesota to finish out the string. So, I mean, if that's how it presents itself, then all four games that we have left in the schedule are winnable. Okay, We're playing beatable teams if we play the right game. If Because the, the three games that we've won, if the season ended today, all three of those teams are in the playoffs. We beat three playoff teams this year. And we can't beat the the Lions? We can't figure out how to beat a team without Aaron Rodgers? And, you know, we can't beat the 49ers, who everyone had beaten at that point. Everyone except for the Giants. 
Every every single team that the 49ers had played beat them, except for the Giants, and then they beat us. So, outstanding. So, I mean, it's just, um, it's four winnable games, but I wouldn't be surprised. A, I wouldn't be surprised if we lost them all. B, uh, I think the best that we can hope for is, is four and 12. I think that's the best that we're going to do. But at least it will get us uh, rid of Fox and Loggins. Unfortunately, Fangio will probably be a casualty of that. And then uh, we start over again. So I think the only real intriguing question about Black Monday is will Ryan Pace be joining them? I don't think he will, but I can't rule it out, to be honest with you. Especially after this offseason. Nobody he signed in this offseason is helping us. No one. Marcus Wheaton, Marcus Cooper, uh, Mike Glennon, uh, Quentin Demps. None of them. None of them is helping us out. So, I mean, aside from, you know, you, you could make an argument for Benning Cunningham, I guess. But, you know, nobody he signed in this offseason is helping us. And uh, his coaching staff is not using the rookie class properly. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely, it was definitely not the right year to be pulling this crap for, for Ryan pace, but is it enough to get him fired? I don't, I don't think so. But again, I didn't think the bears were going to fire Phil Emery to be honest with you, but, uh, they fired Emery before they fired Tressman. I mean, that was crazy. Um, you know, but, uh, so, I mean, they fired Emery. I didn't think they would. Um, but uh, so I can't rule out Ryan Pace getting fired, but I don't think he will be. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. Putting the heart cart before the horse on that one. Anyway, real quick before we wrap up, here's the injury report. Uh, because it's Friday, we, we've got our game statuses. Uh, Adrian Amos, Eddie Goldman with a hip injury. I didn't know he hurt his hip. But uh, Adrian Amos with the hamstring hasn't practiced. He's doubtful. Eddie Goldman with a hip injury has not practiced. He's doubtful. Pernell McPhee with the shoulder injury did not practice. They're doubtful. So don't plan on seeing them on Sunday against the Bengals. Uh, Josh Bellamy was out with an illness. He full was full go today, so he's good to go. Uh, Deion Bush, Bryce Callahan, both full participation for, on Wednesday. Off the injury report on Wednesday and Thursday. They are good to go for Sunday. And then finally, uh, DeAndre Houston Carson, um, with an ankle injury, was limited all week long. He is questionable uh, for Sunday. Um, and in case I forgot to mention it, um, I did talk about it a bit on Monday, um, th- saying that the Bears should shut Kyle Long down uh, for the remainder of the season, and they did. Uh, on Tuesday, they did uh, place him officially on injured reserve, along with Mitch Unrein. I'm not sure what the, the injury was for Unrein, but um, at this point, what does it really matter? But he's he's been on uh, pushed on in, injured reserve uh, as well. So you know we got a hell of a defense sitting on IR right now. We got both of our starting outside linebackers and Willie Young and Leonard Floyd. We got Mitch Unrein and uh, Kyle Long at there, and uh, uh, Jarrell Freeman is uh, in there as well. And uh, yeah, we got some uh, we got some talent there sitting on the injured reserve imagine the football team we'd have those guys were out there so uh (laughs) anyway um you know hopefully we'll have a game to watch on sunday you know hopefully it will be fun 
to watch. You know, I just want to see something competitive, something I can, you know, hang my hat on. Because right now, the only thing we have to hang our hats on as far as games that you want to remember from this year, and it's the, the Carolina game where Trubisky threw seven passes. And our offense was horrible except for the one drive where we kicked a field goal. That's it. Otherwise, the offense was a, was, was a ghost, literally and figuratively. They, you know, they did nothing on the field, and they were barely on the field to begin with. So we, we just have to figure out a way to do something more, you know. And I hope to see an inspired, pissed off, tired of losing football team on Sunday Take it all, take it all, um, take it out on a team in the Bengals that, um, you know, that played their toughest game of the season against the Steelers and are still trying to recover from it. And the Bears take advantage of that. So that's my hope for Sunday. I hope we win. I want us to win. I want us to win every single game. I hope we finish seven and nine. I would love for that to happen. I really would because I don't think it would save John Fox's job without a shadow of a doubt in my mind. But, um, you know, I want us to win. I absolutely want us to win. I'm, I'm, you know, same thing as last year when we were all talking about how we should, uh, you know, tank or, you know, do you want the Bears to lose to get a better draft pick? I'm not worried about the draft right now. What I'm worried about is Sunday against the Bengals and how the Bears can win. They can. Will they win? I hope so. I don't think they will, but I hope they do. I want them to win 100%. You guys can hear it in my voice in the knee-jerk reactions, man. I do not like watching the team play like this i don't like watching them lose like this and i'm tired of watching them lose period man you know when even when lovey was coach we had a couple of seven and nine seasons but we were always in those games we we're always a competitive team you know watching this it's it's embarrassing is what it is since 2014 the bears have basically been the laughing stock not only of the division but you know, and, and, it, and we're a, a team that nobody respects anymore. And that pisses me off more than anything. Nobody's afraid of the Bears like they used to be. And uh, we need to get that back more than anything. We need to go back to being monsters. And I thought that we were on our way with the way the defense was playing earlier this season. But that has since grossly faded away. So anyway, I'm going to go and wrap this up. Um, again, apologize for the, uh, for the late addition. Here it is. Uh, it's after midnight now, so it's it's Saturday. Uh, you know, we're 36 hours away from kickoff right now, and uh, I'm finally releasing the preview show. So for those of you who do take the time to listen, I appreciate it. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Shy Bears Review. Say what's up on the Facebook page. Just search Chicago Bears Review and uh, keep the conversation going. I do love talking to you guys. So anyway, we'll be back on Monday with the review episode to see how this game turned out. So until then... My name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review.